Do it a hat and how about that? Do it long hair and I do care. Blackbeard Podcast. Blackbeard Podcast. Jay. Jay. Gonna. Hey. Jay. Hey. What what the fuck are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing the intro to the to the podcast. Yeah, but but no, I get that, man. I get that. But why why are you saying Blackbeard Podcast? It just seems right. Is it because well, it, of me? What? What? Well, I, no. no, um, uh, no why, why is it called Redbeard Podcast? Well, because he has, Tony has red hair and yeah. I have a beard. Yeah. So yeah. red beard oh, podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we, so, I mean, we both have beards. And our, right, and, and I'm. No, 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 no. Our beards are black. Our beards are black. Oh, yeah, but but still, like, why are you why are you changing the lyrics? I mean, it's you're because I'm, I'm here, man. We're gonna make this happen. We, we're taking the, we're taking this. No, but you're 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 the guest host, not the new host. Oh. So so it's not gonna happen. Oh. Let's just let's just roll with the original. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And three, two, and. Podcast is brought to you by these cool dudes. Hey everybody, it's Cooley, and welcome to the Redbeard Podcast. I am hanging out with my buddy Jay. Hey, 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 how's it going? Now you might be wondering, why am I hanging out with Jay and not everybody's favorite giant ginger, <laughs> Tony Amaral the third? Uh, and the answer is pretty simple. Tony is in the upside down trying to rescue Will. Absolutely. That's what, that's what happened to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he'll be back soon, and uh, we will resume normal Redbeard broadcasting. But in the meantime, let me introduce you to Jay Costa. Some of you guys may not know who he is, but he is the gentleman who actually <laughs> produced the awesome <laughs> intro that you guys listen to every time we you know, get on the air and stuff like that. So that's great. And he's also the front man for... I will be done. Wow. He is? <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I, I love how I made it sound like doing the intro to our podcast was like the most important thing that you do. But uh, <laughs> it is. It's, it's important to me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I will be done, man. You guys have been around for a while. Uh, 2005, right? Yeah. That's when we had uh, started, changed, changed the name over from what it was before that. And, what was it? Uh, well, the band was originally called Cobalt, and then uh, the sound had changed a bit and new members. And then it was like, at that time, there was another band um, out of the UK that was coming out. Uh, with the name Cobalt, so it just made sense to just change it. So went with uh, "Thy Will Be Done." Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, so, what is the uh, the actual uh, biggest like concert you've performed at? The biggest concert we've ever performed to date has been the Orion Festival. Uh, we were handpicked by James Hetfield of Metallica, 
who happens to like that will be done. And they had asked about 25 different bands to play their festival. And, uh, we were one of them and, uh, that was a dream come true. Metallica. Is, yeah, no, I've heard this story from you and, yeah. and, <laughs> and it's like, I can't even imagine, like for me, that's probably like, uh, I don't know, uh, Kevin Smith, like handpicking the red beard podcast to like, <laughs> you know, right. go on their show and like, you know, talk to them or whatever. Like, like totally. it's like, and you, and you're like, why, <laughs> why me? <Yeah. laughs> what did I do? Or yeah. How, how did you even find out about me? Right. Like, cause <laughs> right. like he's, he's James Hetfield right. of Metallica. <laughs> right. Right. Do, do, do I have to massage your feet or something after this? Yeah, like like what's the, there's a catch. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a catch here. There's gotta be, uh, yeah, no, uh, luckily for us, um, we, we've got a lot of support. They play us a lot on uh Sirius XM satellite radio on the liquid metal channel. Uh, and, he happened to hear us and a bunch of other bands, like new and upcoming bands, and reached out to the uh, music director over there, Jose Mangan. Shout out to Jose Mangan, who was a huge That Will Be Done supporter. And uh, yeah, so he had acquired, inquired about uh, a couple of those bands that he had heard, and you know, and we were one of them. And so, so lucky, you know, it's still one of my favorite bands. And if you had told 10 year old me that we'd be playing with Metallica in front of 30,000 people, uh, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite piece of music that you've ever created? Oh, wow. Gosh. I mean, besides the Redbeard podcast I was intro. Get, that w- clearly, that was my response. Yeah. That, my response was totally <laughs> going to be the, the Redbeard podcast uh, introduction. That, that's, that's my favorite. I mean, a Grammy award winning. Uh, that is just, I mean. Dude, if it doesn't go for a Grammy, man, it's rigged. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's got to be. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's see. Um, you know, I, I think for for any and every artist, they want to always feel like the, their newest piece is always their best. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you strive for, I guess, as a, any kind of artist or craftsperson. Um, for myself, I guess, you know, our EP that came out at the end of 2012, which is our Temple EP, um, that was definitely like, you know, personal favorite, you know. But this new album that we're working on right now is slowly becoming my new favorite, you know. So right. it's like, you know. No, but I mean, is there like like a favorite piece of vocal work that you've oh. done or like just like one song in particular that, you know, you hmm. could like if you had to take one song on an island and listen to it forever of my own of your own. Wow. Which Gosh. is like very conceited, I know. But wow. And it's probably not your personality. So it's not putting you <laughs> on the spot here. But um, but seriously, like, Gosh. I mean, as, as a uh, as an artist and a creative like I have my my favorite piece of artwork that I've done. Right on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, As and you should. Yeah. And like I look back on it and like it's what I strive to like either do as well as or better than. Right. Right. Like it's what I, I gauge myself against. Like if I'm not sure. if I'm not meeting that quality, then I'm not I'm not doing the job. Right on. So I mean, is there something yeah. that you gauge yourself against that that you've done in the past that you feel super happy about? Absolutely. Uh, probably. Oh gosh, it'd probably be the the last track on our first album, which was just, you know, we had written that we needed, I think one or two more songs in the studio and the producer had asked us, you know, to kind of come up with something. So, uh, the drummer, myself, the producer and the other guitar player, we were just kind of messing around and came up with, uh, the last track, uh, which is entitled was and is and is to come. And that, that one's just like very, you know, orchestrated as far as like a metal piece can be you know it's there's, there's melodies there's harmonies there's heavy parts but then there's there's just a, a vast depth to it i think in my opinion you know vocally like i loved what i did mm-hmm. um it, you know in a with humility i mean that obviously not like yeah i'm the best <laughs> that's the best one i ever did like no <laughs> not like that but <laughs> but yeah i guess that would be my one my my one pick so i could listen back and say 
I remember those days, <laughs> being a young man, playing metal. Yeah, and then crapping myself on the island. I don't know. Now that that, that <laughs> you know obviously is reminding me that you are a man of many faces, oh. a man of many characters. Oh. Uh, people have heard Wicked Lou on the show before. Okay, yeah, and Manny yeah. Cavallo, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, they may not know that that was you, but right, that yeah. they were both the same person. Right, that was me. <laughs> both people, um, <laughs> and. How many? Number one, how many characters do you have? And number two, do you find yourself when you're like, do you have do you have like different personas like like in you? Like, is it hard for you to differentiate <laughs> daily like who you are? That no, day? no, definitely not. <laughs> I swear, no, no. It's just because it's so natural for you. You know what I mean? I think growing up, my my father always did voices. You know, like yeah. and you know, we'd watch a lot of cartoons, and Dad would do different. You know, he still does. Dad still has like an array of voices that he would do. So growing up, you know, dad would, you know, depending on the situation or whatever it was, dad would come up with a voice or, or do something. And like, so I think from there that, that inspiration and then loving cartoons and getting into comics. And I always wanted to, I always might, one of my dream jobs besides, you know, world domination in a heavy metal band is to do voiceover work uh, for a cartoon or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've loved it for so long. So I think for me, there's, you know, it's not like a, they're not personalities. It's not multiple personalities. It's just characters that you come up with and it's how you have fun. And as a kid, like, you know, I had friends I'd hang out with, but I also like, I would draw and like, I'd create different scenarios and like, these would be different characters. And then as I got older, you know, especially touring and you meet a lot of different people, Mm -hmm. you know, you start combining some of these personalities of people that you've met to like, Oh, that's how I envision this character would be. Or he'd have a little bit of this or, you know, a little bit of that. And that's how Lou came into existence was like the voice of one of my grandfathers kind of morphed a little bit. And then just different scenarios, like as an amalgamation of different, you know, dudes that I've met at shows all over the world. (laughs) You know, yeah. I, I mean, I I'm, I was joking. Obviously. No, I know. Like, I, don't, I don't think I don't think you're crazy or like Looney Bin <laughs> material. But uh, <laughs> but the the it's it's really funny though because like not a lot of people. So everybody, I think a lot of people like you know they they have a voice for something or they they make up voices. They do whatever. But it's more than a voice for you. Like you have like a uh, it's the it's a full blown person. Right. So when you become Lou, yeah. Like, you are you like you you become Lou. Yeah, you get into character. Yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. Yeah, you, and like it doesn't matter. Like you don't even have to have a script. It's just you just know exactly what Lou would say, how Lou would react, how and it and it's it's amazing to me. Like it's real it's it's a different thing from just somebody having a voice or like, you know, trying to be trying to be funny in the moment or right whatever. On. Like you just like it's like you just turn into another person right on yeah and it's it's fantastic man. oh well thank you so much um, well I, I guess uh, you know being inspired by so many so many greats like you know the uh, gosh especially roger uh, you know like uh robin williams is like number one i i'd say and then with um you know like jim carrey um you just you watch or i would watch some of these uh individuals, you know, just get into physical comedy, but also have voices and characters that they would do. And just to see them morph into it, it was like they became that person or whatever right. voice they were in that character, you know? And I, I don't know, I've always, I've always been inspired by that. Yeah. Like for me, what's even more amazing is that it's not like you're doing an impression. Mm. Like you're not doing what, like, let's just go with like the, the one that everybody does, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Right. right? Um, like you're not doing 
a person that you've seen react to things and how they would react and stuff like that. You're creating this like from sure. scratch. And uh-huh. it's just, that's to me, that's, that's super impressive, man. Cause it's as a writer, right. It's the same thing. Like I'm, I'm figuring like for me, like I'm, I'm watching people. And like you said, you're putting different things together and you're like, okay, well you create this person mm-hmm. and you know how they would react in certain situations and stuff like that. So when you're writing, you're, you're constantly testing against that Bible. Exactly. Right. And as a as a writer, it's like you, as I'm writing these characters and stuff like that, it's it's more difficult to to keep everything perfect, where it looks like it's just you just turn it on, you know, <laughs> well, you just turn it on. It's just like boom, and then it's like okay, you're this person, and like that's how it is, and and we can go for we could go for hours, like <laughs> yes. and that's that's what's that's what it is, is that you could go for hours. It's not just like a five minute thing or like a, a like a you know, we had you said a sentence in this guy's voice or whatever. Right. But it's like we could have a full blown conversation <laughs> for hours. Right. Yeah. As whatever character it is. Yeah. Never break. Like yeah. <laughs> totally. It's, it's sick, man. So yeah, thank you for being you. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anytime, bro. <laughs> sick. <laughs> oh man. Um Dude, bef- just before we started up, we watched the Luke Cage trailer. Yeah. Um, Netflix is putting together another Marvel show. Um, Luke Cage is, the, I mean, the hype train is rolling now. Like they, they 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 gave us a a taste of it during Comic Con, uh, and I thought that was the official trailer. And then just recently, the like about a day ago um, or two, they released the official trailer, like the actual official trailer, yeah. and that was great. Like it gave us a lot of insight as to the, like who that character was. Absolutely. Um, what did you think of it? Oh my gosh. Uh, already. I loved it. And I'm already like, I'm already a cage fanboy anyway. Like, you mm-hmm. know, that was like, Oh gosh, it, I think it was always great. You know, reading a lot of the early comics that I, you know, got from my uncle. It was like, wow, this guy's yeah. a badass. Sweet yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Like this is awesome. Like, so <laughs> like, like who talks like that, yeah. but whatever, like <laughs> oh, I'll, oh, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like just, you know, the dialogue's always just been, you know, there's a part of it that you always found, like for me, I always found funny. It's always comical yeah. humorous, but like he has a, just a particular way about him and like, I really am excited to see what they're going to do with that in this series. Yeah, uh, man, it, it's um, it was interesting. There were a couple of things in the trailer that stood out to me. Like one, it's it's in Harlem. Yeah, oh. right. <laughs> it's straight up Harlem. Like it's filmed in Harlem. It's not like a set. Right. It's actually filmed in Harlem, and it captures the the essence of being in Harlem. It's it's a. It's like a, a superhero movie meets Eddie Murphy's Harlem Nights movie. Right on. Right. Wow. That's a great analogy right there. Right. <laughs> yeah. is, is, isn't it? Like, it, totally. it's, and, I, and I'm, I'm mad that the name of the movie was Harlem Nights because now I feel like I just like snatched that out of, out of the air because it was named Harlem Nights. <laughs> right. But it, it has nothing to do with that. It's just the feeling of that movie sure. and the feeling of that trailer kind of kind of makes it's not a comedy right. by any means. No. By it any had some funny moments, but, sure. um, but just the feeling like the the essence of it. Absolutely. Yeah. This already for me, like the, you know, the cinematography, the lighting, everything about it, like, you know, it still feels like, you know, there's, there's pieces of it that are very comic book ask still. Right. Which I like seeing that in a trailer, especially for a series. Cause you never know. One never knows how it's going to, you translate into film or however, mm-hmm. you know, you're so used to reading it and seeing it in the pages. And a lot of times you can, 
one can create a scenario in their mind of what it looks like. Even though you're looking at these panels, you still, our imagination's going. And I think that by watching this trailer, I think that they're probably going in a really good direction. That and the soundtrack is fantastic thus far. That was really good. The tunes that they had on the trailer were really good. Yeah, man. The the um, the other thing was the uh, the tiara. Yeah, the tiara and the bracers. Like when he gets out of the the tank. Perfect. He's got the afro. I, I want him to have that throughout the whole series. But <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, well, if you're not if you're not going to do it, I mean, having it as like a little like Easter egg kind of sure. deal. Like that was a, that was actually a nice little throwback. And I don't I don't really know that I want him to have a tiara on. Like I mean, I'm I'm okay with him not having that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Is it maybe two seventies? Yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. It's not nineteen seventy yeah. anymore. Yeah, where, fair where, enough. You know, <laughs> nowadays that's that's a whole nother show. Yeah, right. You know, exactly. That's a, that's yeah. a different show altogether. Different show. Yeah, <laughs> might not be on Netflix. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it, it, but it might be. Yeah, yeah. There, there are other, there are shows on Netflix that that cover all types of topics. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no. That's a. It's a. Dude, it just looks great, man. And like when he punches that dude in the face. Oh, when that dude punches him in yeah. the face, and like oh. you see his hand just like break. Fantastic! Oh my gosh. I don't think it could have been done better, man. No, that looks great. And uh, the soundtracks. Yeah. Same, oh, seems like it's going to be so good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna get watching that. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna make that happen. It's uh, looking good. And uh, like speaking of like this uh, this live action superhero stuff, um, Suicide Squad. Yeah, has been getting torn apart in the rating and like not ratings, but in the in the critics reviews. Okay, because yeah. fans have been actually really they've received it well. Absolutely. I'm not saying that they think it's the best movie ever, but I mean, right? You know, on on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Mm. Critics. Twenty-seven percent mm. fans. I think it was seventy-one percent. Wow! So wow! So that's actually a, a decent amount of people that went to go see the movie and mm-hmm. thought it was thought it was good. Right on. Um, but then critics are tearing it apart. But the funny thing is, is that fans are looking at the critics' reactions and they're like, "Ah, you guys are biased." Everybody Rotten wants everybody, every, everybody wants DC to fail. Rotten Tomatoes in particular is biased, um, which I don't understand how that can happen because it's an, it's an aggregate. Mm, yeah. Right. So it's pulling all of the uh, the information from all the different critics, sure. tallying it up and saying, okay, well, this is the percentage of people that like the movie. Right. Like th- it's not a star rating. It's not like right. oh, this movie has five stars. Right. We give it this. Yeah. Right. It's Rotten Tomatoes gives it nothing. It's the it's the critics that are giving it to. The movie, right. and then Rotten Tomatoes says, "Okay, well, this is what the critics think," hmm. and so that you don't have to read all of the reviews. This is what the the percentage is of the people. This is what they think. This is like how fresh it is according to these critics, yeah. right? So people are are like really mad at Rotten Tomatoes for giving it a twenty seven percent, but they're not giving it a twenty percent, right? Uh. And even better, Rotten Tomatoes is owned by Warner Brothers. Boom. And we know Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. That's right. So, I mean, why would people even... Uh, I mean, wouldn't they be biased against Marvel movies? You know? Sure. But, but they they're, they kill it on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, every time a Marvel movie drops, it's like, you know, starts off mostly at, like, in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it drops down a little bit, but you never really see a Marvel movie drop below, like, a, a 50. Right. And then, I don't even know if, if, it, if it's ever even gotten that far, wow. but... I, I, the, I think the only thing that I can, 
unless there's some sort of like reverse propaganda going on. (laughs) (laughs) Reverse psychology. This movie sucks. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like we we want people to just, you know. Dude, if we tell them it it. sucks, they're going to want to go and see it just to to prove us wrong. Get the fans to defend the movie (laughs) so people read what the fans write and say, wow, now I need to go see it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't don't think with the movie coming out, I mean – people were expecting it to be this huge over the board smash hit other than just a really good, you know, comic flick with some action, right. some, you know. So I don't understand why people have this negative disposition right yeah. off the bat. I I think a lot of it has to do with the um the critics that are, mm. you know, rating this movie or viewing this movie are going into it expecting something different. But what did critics say about Howard the Duck? Were they, uh, <laughs> did critics say anything about Howard I, the Duck? I, I mean, did they even waste their time with yeah, that? I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Howard the Duck is a is you know something that's from my childhood, and I watched it and I liked it. Right, same. That, you know, but you know, am I am I like running out to buy the new Blu-ray or anything like that? No. <laughs> like you can come out with a Blu-ray of Howard sure. the Duck. I probably will leave it on the shelf. Right. Um, but but it, I was fond of it. I'm fond of it. Same. Absolutely. I, I have nothing Very against special Howard place the Duck. In my heart. If they came out with a new Howard the Duck movie, like a remake. Mm. Hmm. I might not go see it. Hmm. Now, based on nostalgia, like it just you don't want it to ruin the memories. No, you have. no, because like I said, I'm just <laughs> fond of it. I'm not like it's not like I'm in love with that movie, but I just you know it's not. How would the duck just is like I don't know. There, I guess that there he has his fans. Sure, I guess people. Some people like him because there's a comic book and it's <laughs> yes, doing pretty well, right? Um, but oh, it just it's a talking duck. I mean, yeah, like. Or Donald. a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Donald, Daffy. I mean, like, sure. I wouldn't go see a Daffy Duck movie or a Donald Duck movie. Right. So for those same reasons, I probably wouldn't go see Howard the Duck, even though he's more geared towards, like, adults because he's, right. like, crass and rude. And, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Adult-themed, it would be. Yeah. I mean, you would have to... It depends on the voice talent, I guess. Yeah. You get somebody, uh, like, a, a really good voice talent behind it. Like, you get Kevin Hart. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? Which would be a really weird Howard the Duck, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it would be amazing. But it would be funny. Yeah. Like, if it was something that was just going to make... Like, if I was going to piss my pants laughing, I'll, I'll, I'll probably go see it. Right. But totally. but as a a comic book movie, like, it wouldn't, like, grab my attention. Like, if <laughs> it was enough. just... If they just had, like, a no-name guy voicing him or whatever. Sure. But, yeah, so... I don't know, man. I don't even know where I was going with that. Like, well, where did I... Oh, oh Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, yeah, like, they... The, uh... The critics, I think, were expecting something different. Sure. They were expecting like an Avengers movie, or okay, I can I could see that, but wrong expectation. Yeah, we're talking about a group of criminals that aren't supposed to be likable ever, right? And they're recruited to like do something, like to save the world against people that are supposed to be worse than them, right? Right. So they're and completely expendable. Yeah, exactly. They're expendable. And they're supposed to be. Right. So what were they expecting? It was ba- It's basically supposed to be like a, a dirty dozen kind of deal, right? Totally, yeah. That's yeah. the vibe I got from it. Yeah. So they go in, they look at it, and they're like, oh, it's not, you know, Captain America and Iron Man, and it's not that camaraderie, and you don't have, like, any sense of, like, you know, these people, like, you know, wanting to get each other's backs. But they're not supposed to. They're supposed to, like, I mean, they should stab each other in the back, if anything. I agree. Right? But on the other side of that... You know, like if the writing wasn't that great or whatever, like, I mean, they called it lazy writing, Ooh. which 
always kind of gets my goat because a lot of stuff out there that even gets great reviews is lazy writing. Sure. You know, throw a um, lot of explosions in it and people like it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that the story's any good. Right. And I mean, story, story is recyclable. Absolutely. Everything is lazy. Everything is lazy writing because you know, there's no original ideas anymore. It's formulaic now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got, I mean, especially in this type of movie. Now, I'm not sure. saying you can't have an original movie or an original thought. Sure. But in an action flick that's a superhero movie, it's all, it's all based on like the heroes of, you know, Greek mythology and, right. and you know, it, or any mythology for that, for that matter. Mm-hmm. But it's all based on those stories and it's just how you retell it. Now, if you retell it creatively and interestingly enough, then, you know, maybe the critics don't realize that it's been done before. Right. So they're like, oh, it's great. It's original. It's awesome. But it's not. Nothing is no. anymore. And I can, I can relate it to an extent, you know, with critics, you know, music critics, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. You know, all the great riffs, all the great songs have already been written. Yeah. It's how you take that, you, you know, you exemplify. I mean, gosh, just take your influences and you, you just package it up yourself and it's, it's your spin on it and how you package it and deliver it to the listener. You know? Right. So I think for especially for a movie adaptation of Suicide Squad. Like, I think it's silly to go into it thinking any more than that. Like you said, I think it was a great example of that dirty dozen mentality of just right. like, you know, it's not supposed to be this huge epic. It's, it's not, there is only one Winter Soldier. Don't go into it thinking that this is going to be like, yeah, nothing's you know? going to be that. Nothing's <laughs> right. going to be Winter Soldier. Nothing's going to be Civil War. Nothing will be Civil War. But you know? enjoy it for what it is. If you, if you know the storyline, then go with it. And then right. don't judge it comparatively to something else. Yeah, I think they wanted it to be more Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, like these these B-level or C-level heroes that Mm. nobody knows about that get a movie and they were expecting it to be like that that same magic. Right. That Guardians of the Galaxy captured where... Sure. But it's not the same kind of movie. First of all, you're on Earth. Right. So there's that. (laughs) Right. They're antagonists. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing redeemable about, about these people. Like in... They, I think they may actually try to sell it as some of these guys have some redeeming qualities. They want you to maybe like them as people. Sure, but to be honest with you, I don't know why they should. Have, they should have made them despicable, like every one of mm. them. Right, right. Like you, maybe one, you know, got a bad rap. Sure, you know, like maybe take like you know Diablo, maybe the dude that you know breathes fire or whatever. Maybe he got you know wrapped up in gang life and you know thrown in jail. Like, but. You know, for the most part, these guys should be super despicable. Like, you should not want any of them to really succeed, right? Right. Um, but for the sake of writing a movie, right. you, the audience has to get into it, and they have to want that team. There has to be something worse than them, and I think that's where the movie failed, because a friend of mine told me that the villains were, like, really kind of cardboard, mm. you know? Like, you didn't really care about the villains. Like cardboard cutouts? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, might as well have been. Like no, yeah, nobody. Like you really didn't know who they were. Like he didn't. He still didn't know who they were. He didn't have a name for them. He was just like, oh, there was a chick and there was a dude, and the chick could you know shoot lightning out her fingers, and the dude was. uh, And I was just like, really? Uh, So they're like so foot soldiers. Yeah, clay soldiers, whatever. Yeah, and putties, putties. They're like putties. And instead of trying to make these despicable people likable through their own through their own means. Make the villain that much worse. Sure. So that you have to root for the, 
the bad guy, right? At that point. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go. But And I think that's where the movie may have ultimately failed, but whatever. I mean, but it's not, from what I've heard, even with that, it's like a 6.5. Oh, so still. 6.5, 7, right? So... There have been plenty of movies that get worse ratings that yeah. everyone still enjoys and still loves, and they'll like always Batman, have their cult. Like following. Batman v Superman. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Terrible movie, but everybody liked it. Sure. That went to see it. Right. You, yeah. you, and people are entitled to like what they like, too, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the beauty of... It's not my job to tell you that you like it or you don't. Exactly. I'll tell you if I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it based on this. I didn't like it based on this. And exactly. Draw your own conclusions. Boom. Boom. I like that's that. That's it. Yeah, dropping truth, dropping, dropping knowledge. knowledge. <laughs> you are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Street knowledge 101. So what what is the uh, the strangest thing that ever happened to you as a musician? Ooh. Wow, gosh. That's a great question, man. Uh, like, re- oh, gosh. Like, regarding <laughs> what? Like, uh, I mean, we could go in any direction here. I mean, we can go with, I've had, I've had fans ask me to autograph them in inappropriate places. <laughs> uh, wait. <laughs> I, talk, talk about the way. No, wait. Talk about that for a minute. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, no, that, that's got to be like the top of the list. I mean. Oh, well, okay. Top of the list being strange fan requests would be the, oh gosh, so, so awkward. So I had a, a male fan. Yeah. Approach me with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I guess it was his girlfriend, and ask if I could uh, somehow couple with his girlfriend. That was the strangest thing. Wait, cup. Wait. Yeah, All right. It, intimately, like just the two of you, like just you and his girlfriend, like take yeah. her in the trailer and. Yeah, that was strange and awkward that and weird. Weird. Didn't like that. I was like, oh no, no, that that's, no, that's good. Probably thanks. the strangest thing. Yeah, that's that pretty I, strange. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't. Like, not not about that life. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe him coming up to you and and asking you to autograph his junk. Like, well, it wasn't him who asked me to autograph his. I'm just saying, like, if kibbles if, and bits. If he if he did with his girlfriend there, like that would be weird. Right. That, right. Awkward. But not as weird. No, like maybe. Yeah, no, probably just as weird as like asking you to just sleep with his girl. <laughs> Can you sleep? Very odd. Can you just bone my girl? Like awkward. Very awkward. It must not. It, they must not have been an item for a while. It must have been. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I mean, that right there would be a fantastic reality television show. Yeah. Just the two of them. Now I wonder, like, how was she? Was she like totally like down for it? Or oh my gosh, yeah. Absolutely. That's so weird. Like, you got to wonder, like, I wonder who came up with the idea. Wait, was it his idea? Was it her idea? Was it their idea? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. I, yeah, was she like, man, I would really like it. And he was I, like, you know what? I think I can make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, baby girl, you want that? I'm going to make it happen for you. I love you so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Just okay. remember who got you that. Yeah, remember that. <laughs> remember that. You owe me. You owe me. <laughs> who knows? Maybe she had a cousin he want to get with, or I don't know, her mom. I don't oh, know. Oh, man. <laughs> but that was... Definitely, definitely strange to to say the least. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> dude, that's that's funny though. Uh, we we've had people give us gifts. Oh, oh, okay. Strange, not really strange in like a supernatural way, but strange in that same vein. I was proposed to in an airport in Japan. 
Hmm. Yeah, our first tour in Japan. By a stranger? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, she was still a complete stranger to me at the time, even though she came to about 80% of the shows. But, yep. And I, Hmm. I, at that time, I was with somebody and... You know, you had to decline. I absolutely declined. Yeah. You know, <laughs> first, I don't know you. Second, I don't live here. <laughs> but it, it, just, it's it's funny. So she came to 80 percent of your shows. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 interesting because it's almost like to her, she formed a bond with you. Right. By going to your shows and listening to your music and just being a fan and being there. Like maybe you made eye contact on stage one time and like somehow she was just like, felt, oh my god, we're we're in love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. <laughs> obviously, I was unaware of this. Yeah, no idea this was happening. <laughs> you know, uh, Cupid apparently was just firing, misfiring arrows everywhere that night. Right. Yeah, and uh, who knows? Maybe it was like the Cupid from uh, was it one one crazy summer? You oh. know. <laughs> So, just a completely blind Cupid, just firing off and unbeknownst to me. So that was that was pretty strange. Uh, what else you got? Because this this is just too good. I can't stop, <laughs> I can't stop the train from rolling right now. Uh, supernatural type stuff. I mean, gosh, I, I ex- band wise, we played we played a venue uh, that is in uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Goodland, <laughs> and it's uh, the Eagle. Eagle Club, and there used to be a it used to be a lodge for a particular fraternity, and there were um, some people who say that this place is haunted, and there's all kinds of weird stuff that happens here, and yada yada yada. And one of the first times we had played there, we were the first band on the tour package, um, so we got to do sound check because we're the first band up. So you know, after the headliner does their sound check, and they, they you know kind of just put the main drum set back they cover it and then the first band gets to sound check because they're going to start the night mm-hmm. and so we're getting ready to sound check and i mean everything was dialed in proper and like all the monitors sounded great all our instruments everybody's you know everything was perfect so then i i went to we had our own dressing room and so i went to the dressing room there and it's like you know tapestries everywhere and some candles and it was like really cool and i just needed to take a nap because i did all the driving so i was like all right i'll sleep before the set and i literally felt like Someone kept just kind of touching me, pushing me while I was sleeping. But hmm. it is what it is. So I'm thinking, who knows? It could be one of my guys. I could be in and out of REM. Right. Who knows? So I wake up, and I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, no big deal. I just kind of discount it and go about it and fall back to sleep. And I really felt as though someone had said my name. So I'm like, what's up? I'm looking around. <laughs> Nothing. I'm like, okay, no big deal. I've just figured someone was just you know, popped in, whatever. At this point, still don't feel like there's anything weird about it. Right. Uh, left, get ready to play the show. We get on stage and monitors aren't working. Then they are working. Then they're fading in and out. Mm-hmm. Okay. It could be electrical. It could be sound, whatever. Our guitar player, his string just breaks and that happens. And then all of a sudden it's just this loud Feedback that just feeds at him through the his monitor that just literally was so ear piercing. This is the middle of our performance. We feel like a bunch of idiots at this point. We're like, oh great, we look terrible. Right. And I don't know. It just there was something about it that just seemed odd. Like we were just being messed with that whole time. So then there was the house sound guy who we didn't have as our sound guy, and he said, 
said, oh, and we, we told him, like, you know, all this stuff happened. He's like, oh, how was it? We told him all these things. He's like, oh, is your first time playing here? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, that's just them messing with you. Them. Them. Like, what do you mean them? He says, oh, it happens. Happens all the time. If there's a new band or there's a, you know, people's first time here. Like, it's like, I don't know. They just, they like to mess with people. Okay. Meanwhile, I have no idea. Uh, our bass player at the time, Eric, went to the upstairs part of this building. There's like all kinds of rooms. Like there used to be all kinds of venues in this place. And this incidentally was the venue that um, Jeffrey Dahmer used to pick up his victims at. And right across the, uh, the road there was the infamous hotel that he would take them to. So this is the same, the, the same place where all this stuff happened? Yeah. Okay. Same place. So, and I didn't know all that stuff at the time yet about Dahmer and, and all that jazz. So Eric happened to take a bunch of photographs, and there's all these crazy, all these crazy orbs in the pictures that he's taken. Now people can discount orbs all they want. It could be dust particles or whatever, but it yeah. just, he was upstairs while I'm downstairs sleeping. He's taking all these pictures, and he's finding all these things, and he also felt like just kind of a weird vibe and a, a weird energy. Right. And I don't know, that was pretty strange, you know, to me. It was yeah. Pretty odd, but that's that's strange shit. Yeah. And I didn't really connect the dots on the, the feeling like someone was pushing me or saying my name until after hearing everything. You know, you kind of piece things back together and you're like, oh, yeah. At the time, I just discredited all of it as just like, you know, now, whatever. So he's saying that other bands that come in, like when they play for the first time, like they usually get the same treatment. Yeah. That they've been messed with or something happens and just weird instances or occurrences that happen. Always on the first night. Usually the first time they've played there. And that was definitely our first time there. And we've been back four times after that. With no problem? No problems. None. None at all. And we always remember it going there, too. We're like, remember? Remember? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, now that's that's strange. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's... Wow, so you've got... You kind of run the gamut on strange shit happening. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, all kinds of weird stuff there's been a couple old venues like the inventor of the tommy gun there's a a mansion of his or something that in kentucky um that we played at and they said that that place was haunted but we we never experienced anything there Mm. at all but you know you you play some old buildings or old theaters and you know there's all kinds of crazy kooky stories you know and you want to check it out so there's a in october we usually will do a um an episode on like like crazy, like supernatural shit. Yeah. You should come on the show, man. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. I've got about all that stuff. more stories too, but I, I won't tie up the time with it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, dude, if you got another one, rip, let it rip. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, maybe I'll save, I'll yeah. save for, right. the, I'll save for that show. Yeah. 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 Content. Yeah. <laughs> Content. I'm going to give you all my good riffs now in this one song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but, but yeah, I guess I, that would, that'd be the stranger type of stranger side of things that's happened you know that's awesome man yeah like that's like mind-blowing yeah it's, it was interesting like all like all the stuff you told me like the somebody offering you their, <laughs> their woman was <laughs> so weird like, like yeah and, and then <laughs> being proposed to by a complete stranger <laughs> Like, and she was serious or? Absolutely serious. And then subsequently, every tour we had been back to Japan, you know, she came out. So, you know, you become, uh, you know, not friends, but, you know, like acquaintances and and you get to know this person better. And like, you know, she'd bring us gifts and not just to me. Then she's bringing the band gifts and, Mm -hmm. you know, food, drinks, snacks, uh, tea set, all kinds of stuff. So you're in Japan and this is like, she's not Japanese. She's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She is Japanese. Yep. yep, All right. Yep. She's uh, born and raised. I thought it would have been funny, not funnier, but 
if it was a just somebody just followed you from like Massachusetts, <laughs> just like, like I'm going to Japan. Yep, I'm just gonna going propose to him in there. Japan. <laughs> <laughs> he can't say no. <laughs> he can't. I, he I can't. mean, I spent all this money. I figured. I figured this out. <laughs> I got it. Like so. Yeah, but no, she. Yeah, she's she's from there, and that so was, dude playing. I mean, that's that's pretty. I mean, I didn't even realize like that. You've played like you've played globally then, like everywhere. I've uh, all throughout Europe. We did six weeks in Europe and throughout Europe, so a lot of countries there. And then Japan, we've been to Japan like three times. We headlined tours there. And then North America, like Canada and the United States. I've not done Mexico, but mm. need, to, need to. I'd love to do Mexico. And like uh, down under would be fantastic, like New Zealand and uh, Australia would be fantastic to do. Nice. But haven't been there yet, but you know, Europe and, and the United States are usually like the hubs and Japan for for metal. And That's what awesome. We do. So you're a well-traveled gentleman. I try to be. All right. <laughs> um, so, favorite superhero, man? Oh gosh, nice. All right. So, what's one's criteria for superhero? Do they need to have powers? Because you know, I can I can I can split hairs here. You know, I, I talk to people. It's like you know, is is Batman a superhero? Batman is a superhero. I mean, like he doesn't have powers or energy or anything. He's no, got but he's a crap got, ton he's of got money. the tech. So, like Iron Man would be a superhero. Sure. He doesn't have powers. He has a suit of armor that does all the work for him. But nobody else has that suit of armor, right? So nobody else has the tech that Bruce Wayne has to sure. become Batman, right? Or the money or the resources. Right. So you you take that and you you equate that with a superpower, in my opinion. Okay, right? sure. Okay, he is right. he's normal compared to like Superman, right? 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 Which. I have no fucking idea why they Batman versus Superman. It just makes no sense. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah that, I always found that to be odd. But there's just yeah. But because I, well, we know from a you know a business standpoint, you know they each of those heroes have their devout followers. Right. So when you bring those two together, you know it's just money to be made. Mm-hmm. But it's also just you know that what can you do with that kind of story? Right. Yeah. <laughs> At that point. Exactly. But well, but yeah. Anyway, oh, to, yeah, yeah. Oh, to get gosh. back to it, like yeah, like he he would be a superhero. For okay, sure. all right. Well, I guess oh, it's it, it's difficult um, on the Marvel side of things. I've always aligned with the Punisher. I'm a huge Frank Castle fan. All right, one of my favorites. Again, you know, I've gotten I've gotten flack for saying the Punisher. Um, before, because he he's not a superhero, right? He's just got a bunch of guns. Well, do you have a bunch of guns? No, <laughs> no. All right then. All right then. Do you, do you have a badass <laughs> arsenal? No. Yeah. Do you have a war journal that you write in? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a Vietnam vet? <laughs> Wait. I yeah. don't think so. No. Did the did the mob slaughter your family while nope. you were out playing? No, I didn't think so. Nope. So, uh, it's the ultimate revenge story, you know, and the vigilante, you know, you know. Seeking that street justice, you know, yeah. and uh, I'm all about that. So, um, I mean, not that I'm all about that. I'm not saying I'm a vigilante. I'm not saying right. that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, as a comic book reader, I was like, yeah. if you were, you probably wouldn't announce it on the podcast. No, no, not at yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> so the Punisher has always been one of my f- absolute favorites on the Marvel side of things. Um, DC. What did you think of uh, the Punisher and Jessica Jones? Or have you not seen it? The newest? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have not. All um, right. It's funny. Not Jessica Jones. Jeez, what am I saying? In the latest uh, season of Daredevil. Oh no, I haven't I haven't watched any of that. No, All right, ha- it's been it's been a weird couple of years for me. You know, I, I don't have internet right now, and I don't have cable or any of that jazz, and uh, no longer have Netflix. I uh, 
I, I took a hiatus from a lot of that stuff. So just to focus more on music and, and things like that. Dedication. And, and, and it's cheaper. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's like, you know, I didn't have cable for a long time and just being on tour and stuff. There's no sense in having that bill overhead. Right. When you're not home. So it didn't make sense. So that hey, was, if like, you ever want to come by and watch some Netflix. Yeah. They got you. <laughs> and chill. And chill. Um, Strange thing. Number yeah. four. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You saw it here first. <laughs> that goes to that goes to a question that Tony posed. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, <Yeah. laughs> what's the biggest cock you've played? Oh man, we'll get to that at the uh, the tail end of this podcast episode. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd say the Punisher and then DC side of things. I'm, I'm a huge Batman fan, obviously. Like just the 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 psychological side of it and. You know, even from a, a thematic standpoint, the movie adaptations, I'm, I'm a huge. I'll always be a Michael Keaton Batman guy. All right, always. Yeah. Um, whether it's the combination of uh, Michael Keaton and you know Tim Burton's stories and uh, you know everything, just his his skills to capture things and being one of my favorite you know directors and, and writers, I think. That, to me, that embodied, not just because it was a very special time in my childhood or adolescence, I should say, uh, but just Batman, even in the comics, is just, there's there's always this dark allure about, you know, and that mysticism about him, you know, and also a vigilante, you know, and I guess I, I guess I have an issue feeling that there's not enough justice in the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you like, you like those vigilantes. I, I that do. Just, wow. Hmm. Yeah. Because even on like the villain side of things, some would say villain or not, but for DC, uh, I'm a huge Lobo fan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that intergalactic, like, you know, super outlaw kind of vibe, you know, right. I, that I totally jive with. And I, I've always loved, I've always yeah, loved Lobo. Yeah, Lobo's awesome, man. We need a Lobo movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so dude that's playing Aquaman, mm. have you seen this guy? Uh, what's his name? Jason Momoa. Uh, yes, that's it. They had, they got him and they were like, they, when they were talking about, they were, that they were in talks with Jason Momoa for something. Everybody was like, oh, who's he going to play? Who's going to play? Lobo is like the fucking perfect Ooh, character. That, that would dude. be, that'd be fantastic. He's got that like look to him. He's yeah. got a great physique. He's got the, he's, he's, he is Lobo in my opinion. Wow. Like, yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty sweet. But no, he's Aquaman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a yeah. good swimmer. Or, or am I like the way I refer to him? Not Aquaman. No, he's yeah. not Aquaman. Yeah, uh, Jason Momoa is playing not Aquaman and not Michael Phelps. Yeah, <laughs> dude, Michael Phelps would be a dope Aquaman. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. As long as they didn't give him any lines. Yeah, just yeah. just shut just your mouth. Minute, yeah, the minute he opens his mouth, it's like shut the fuck up, Michael Phelps, please. <laughs> He's he's doing great though. Yeah, right now yeah, yeah. we're killing it in the Olympics. The yeah. U.S. is killing. Yeah, see, look at I that. love it. Look at that. Red Beer Podcast, keeping it topical. Look at yeah, that. We tying it all in all the way around. But uh, enough of this Olympic bullshit. Let's get back to comic <laughs> comic books. books yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, so so your favorite storyline in comics? Oh, gosh, um, huge for that Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, was huge for me when it was out when it, during our adolescence. That was huge for me. Um, Extinction Agenda and Executioner Song. Gosh, those are like some of my favorites, like those storylines growing up. I know those are all Marvel, but um, 
Yeah, it's fine. I have no problem with yeah. that. Yeah, because I'm a huge Marvel fanboy, yeah. so. Gosh. That's great. Yeah, those are, those are like some of my favorites growing up. And I just remember like, you know, ah, that anticipation of like, couldn't wait until the next, you know, book came out, you know, especially right. when there was like crossover going on and you had like multiple, you know, characters from, you know, different universes and that that to me was like it was great like how are they gonna how are they gonna make this work you know and right yeah that i've always loved that and I, i'm a huge fan of that i love mixing things up and you know and just you know to me it's all it's all one it's all awesome so why not just shake it up and you know it doesn't matter if it's you know i've always been a huge supporter of like let's let's have a tie-in you know, movie wise, mm-hmm. Marvel, DC, like let's, let's make it happen. You know, let's, now when I was a kid, that was the same thing. Like I, I felt the same way. And it's like a lot of people, um, a lot of people are like, Oh, Frank Miller, uh, the dark Knight, uh, um, oh, yeah. And, uh, Watchmen, um, and like the Alan Moore stuff, mm-hmm. everybody was like all about that. And I'm just like, I don't know, maybe I just didn't get it when I was a kid. Because, like, when I'd read that stuff, it was, like, boring to me because it was just, like, a bunch of, like, people, like, talking and, like, there was, like, like when you read the Batman, the, when you read the Dark Knight, it's, like, you have, like, those news, uh, the people on the news and, like, the captions and it's, like, fucking, like, five pages of that yeah. shit before you get to any action. Right. So, like, I'd read that and I'd be, like, oh, I'm fucking bored and I just, I'd close it. Um now as an adult, like I appreciate them. Yeah. And I go back, I went back and I read them all and, like, you know, and I mean, not now, but I mean, like, talking about maybe, like. 20 years ago sure right when i was like you know in my 20s like i uh i read them and i appreciated them and, and like I, it was it became a thing for me but when i was right. like in when i was like 16 going over my head yeah I'm like, fuck this this yeah. is stupid i'm not reading i don't want shit. words yeah i want pow and bam and that was explosions. literally that was literally my my complaint was oh this is too wordy yeah way too wordy i, I remember feeling that way too chris claremont stuff yeah like, oh. Chris Claremont was known for like just like having fucking captions dialogue on page long. dialogue on yeah. dialogue. Right. <laughs> it's like oh, I'm done with this. Like, yeah. throw a punch. You yeah. know. <laughs> I need I need I need either a punch or an explosion by now. And if not, like I'm bored. Uh, rounding it out, favorite villain of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Ooh. Oh, man, gosh. I've always loved Skeletor. <laughs> oh, dude! Like you can bring it. You can bring it from somewhere else. It's, it's yeah. cool. Like uh, it can be. It can be Vader. Yeah, no, it can yeah. be Skeletor. Uh, it can be... Vader. I think Vader. Gosh, that's so tough. Darth Vader is, I think the, one of the. I don't know. Like, one of the most evil, most sinister. You know, um, the dark force. Of everything, uh, I think that's so relatable. You know, if you're looking at the balance of, of any story and any mythos, mm-hmm. there's good versus evil, and he definitely is evil incarnate. You know, right? Um, and I think, uh, as a, as a villain, oh gosh, he he takes he takes the cake there, kind of well, like a Doctor Doom. You know, I gotta I gotta disagree just a little bit. Like I agree with most of what you're saying, but Vader I see more as less evil incarnate and more mis understood okay kind of like misguided that, that fallen angel type of vibe like you kind of yeah. feel bad for him like the evil incarnate guy is going to be the emperor yeah the emperor yeah totally yeah, the emperor. That, yeah that that's, that's that's evil yeah incarnate. he's the yeah. guy that's just like evil with no he's pulling the qualities. strings he's, yeah yeah okay and vader's kind of like just like he's along for the ride and just kind of d- confused doesn't really know like 
you know, what he really wants to do because he, he loves his son. Like, you can see it, like, in the yeah. end, like, in, at the end of Jedi, like, he's like, you know, I just want to look at you with my own eyes. Yeah. Right? Like, take this mask, <laughs> Take it off. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I feel like I would say he's less evil incarnate and yeah. more just plain evil until he realizes that he's not really evil. Right on. You okay. Know? Fair enough. I, I misspoke. I spoke out yeah. of line. No, I'm sorry. I'm just a, I'm no, yeah. a huge fucking Star <laughs> yeah. Wars nerd. Yeah, so. no, no, no. That, it's all good. No, no, no. <laughs> totally. Totally. Emperor is far more evil. I get, you know, he just yeah. doesn't get enough credit. But I that guess. does not mean that Vader cannot be the... The best villain. Exactly. Sure, sure. Gosh. I mean, man, are there any other really, what do you think, like cool, evil, sinister villains, like best villains of all time? Wow. Who else? Man, I mean, you mentioned the Infinity Gauntlet, so yeah. Oh. I mean, Thanos, Thanos is, is just, pretty. and he's about to make his like big splash in the Marvel Cinematic Universe when I am so Infinity excited. War comes out, which is why I I, I didn't really delve into storyline because I I don't even want to spoil it for anyone who's not familiar with it, right? And I, I cannot wait to yes. see what they're going to do with it. Yes, I remember being one of maybe two people who got excited when Thanos had the very first cinematic cameo at the yes. end, and just Thanos, like so excited, and like people are just like, "What? Well, like, Who's that purple guy?" Yeah, like <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> just, I'm so pumped. What? Who the fuck is that purple guy? Yeah. What's that guy? What's he yeah. doing? Yeah. What is that guy? That looks weird. Yeah, I remember that being like <laughs> yeah. a thing. Like everybody asking me after the movie, like I don't know what was up with that. Purple yeah, guy. everybody was like so excited. I don't get it. Like, and it's like, oh, yeah, you'll get it soon. Yeah, you'll get it. Yeah. I don't even want to say anything. But what sucks is that Marvel plays the long game. Of course they right? do. <laughs> right? So so that happened fucking years ago. Yep. <laughs> and um, and it's like, yeah, I saw that and I was like, shit, next year I'm going to see fucking Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> nope. And like, nope. <laughs> nope, you got to wait. Like, what are you doing for the next decade? Yeah. Like, we're just going to yeah. draw this out uh, and just, just give us your credit card now. Yeah. And we'll just... You know, we'll just, we'll just. No, but when they, when they, yeah, that's exactly what that was. They, yeah. they showed him at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, get your cards ready, because <laughs> you're gonna be making trips to the theater yes. every fucking year. <laughs> they know exactly what yep. they're doing. Hey, capitalism at its finest. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Well, dude, man, it's been great having you on. Thank you so much. Um, it's been I a know pleasure. you got to get going. You got to get to work. And right on. I don't want to have fucking three hours of shit to edit. So right. we're gonna cut this off now. Um, right but on. dude, this it was an awesome, awesome time, man. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks much for coming. Yes. And uh, yeah, we got to have you on again. And, and most definitely uh, during our Supernatural show, like yeah. we're, we're doing like all the talking about ghosts and stuff like that. Because I, I don't know if I talked to you about this before, but I'm a bit of a skeptic. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right on. But not, not one of those guys that are just like, man, fuck ghosts, man. I, like, like I respect sure. people that sure. that say the shit happens. It's, but I'm, I'm looking for my own proof and my own evidence. Absolutely. Um, and like, yeah. but it's not about like a total lack of, of faith or, or belief. It's just, it's like, if it hasn't happened to me yet, then how, how do I really put totally you and, know, and everything into it? You know and, what I mean? And totally, I, I was very, very similar to that. I, I'm still with anything, you know, and I, uh, you got to respect that standpoint. Like I haven't experienced it. So, eh. right. <laughs> you know, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, man, yeah. great. Yeah. Going to call it, call it, uh, call it a day. Red Beard Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Later. Later. Peace.